somehow, you know, one way or another, kind of like how my life has been, I fell into construction. And at the time, you know, like when I was still in college, it was the best paying job that was out there to help me make ends meet, really, right? I was, you know, I was a young college student struggling, uh, trying to make ends meet. And it was, the, it was what was paying me the best at the time. And I just took it as a job, not really knowing that that was going to lead me to what I love now, right? Which is just in construction. And like I've said before, too, like a lot of people, you know, fall into construction or don't want to fall into it because they feel like that's where the rejects go or that's where that's the low ballers there or, or whatever it is. And it really is not, man. It's some of the smartest people you will ever meet. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Holy cow, Orlando, you really have done it all, man. From engineering jobs now to running a college house painting business to your own soccer business in Honduras, playing semi-professional soccer in Honduras, being a paid athlete, college sports, uh, you name it. The amount of jobs you've had, you've worked at restaurants, like you've done so much, um, so many cool experiences we're going to talk about today. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, like I said, we, we've come from humble beginnings and always wanted to to do it, whatever it took to get to the next point. And, um, you know, that that's led us to a lot of opportunities. That's the way I see it, right? A lot of these jobs were opportunities that opened another door. And, um, you know, they led us to the next thing and to the next thing and to the next thing, which eventually led us to where we're at now, uh, which forever I'm thankful for. And like I said, feet on the ground, uh, chin up, look up to the sky, sky's the limit, but make sure you stay humble and true to yourself. We're going to talk today about you're never afraid to take on an opportunity. Any opportunity you see, you're excited to figure out how can I go experience that? What can I do there? What's that going to be like? And I think that's something a lot of young people struggle with identifying, like, what is the opportunity? If I can't find the perfect thing, maybe I should hold back until I find it. And you found opportunities that other people wouldn't see, whether it was starting your business and an opportunity and maybe a real estate piece that people didn't see the opportunity of to going to college in the U.S., to you know, a farming job, a job at In-N-Out, finding a way to get that opportunity, finding a way to work at CollegeWorks Painting, like incredible how you've taken on these opportunities and how it's led to where you are today. Yeah, no, biggest thing is, you know, a lot of times you don't know what, what that, you don't know what that perfect opportunity is going to look like until you get into it, right? And what you picture as your perfect job or perfect opportunity might not be it until you really try it. So we have tried a little bit of everything to be able to, to be able to, you know, know what we like and what we don't like. And like I said, I take everything with a positive attitude. Um, there's always something to learn about everything, man. Even if it's, you know, a job that you don't think there is. Like if if you told me right now you, you got a job as a janitor, I'll be excited and I'm sure I will learn something new over there. So whatever it is, man, we're always willing to go do. Thomas Edison, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. <laughs> Sounds like what I do for a living. <laughs> Let's get into it, man. Let's talk about your career. Let's talk about the edge of excellence today. Can't wait to dive in. Orlando, how you doing, man? 
Okay, Pat, how you doing? Good, man. It's great to talk to you again. Um, I got you here on the Edge of Excellence. I love hosting the show, and I love hearing from people like you that I you know, have a relationship with and haven't talked to in a little while. So we like to start off, before everybody gets to know you, before we talk about what you're doing, um, what's your definition of excellence? You heard you were coming on to Edge of Excellence. What were you thinking excellence is? You know, that's a great question you ask. I think excellence is... It's a subjective word, right? It, it, it's a matter of who do you ask what excellence is. Though everybody will give you a different meaning to what they believe excellence is. I think I think excellence is a quality. You know, I think it's a quality that most people appreciate, but it's hard to obtain, right? And you could apply that to any field, right? Some people want to be the the best father possible. Some people want to be uh, the best soccer player. Some people want to be the best basketball player, whatever. Everybody has a different definition of what that excellent person is. I think at the end of the day, it's just a quality that, like I said, most people appreciate, but it's hard to obtain. In your life, you've done some pretty cool stuff. You've done some excellent things, whether it's you know personal goals or doing things that people your age weren't doing. So, um, what you know, if you had to say, "This is my focus for excellence. This is what I want to be excellent at." Like, what's your focus for excellence? I think my focus lies on one, my career, right? And just my personal life. I, I do a little, you know, I work, I work at a construction company. I work at Sun Construction. I'm, a, I'm an engineer there. And I just want to be the best engineer possible, whether that's, you know, performing, uh, whether that's just driven by numbers, whether that's driven by, by recognition. I just want to make sure I, I'm doing the best possible to help out. And at the same time, like, you know, I, I still have my business that I've had for a while. Um, I want to make sure that I stay successful. So to me, that that's what it mainly means. Awesome. So tell us about your your early days. What were you like in high school, college? What kind of stuff were you involved in? And how did you you know get your start? Yeah. You know, high school, I I was your, you know, I grew up in a foreign country, originally from Honduras. Your typical kid over there, you know, they leave, you know, breathe, eat, sleep, and wake up at soccer. And that's your sport, you know, right? Or football, like we will say, right? Uh, so you know, it was all geared around that. Um, I, I played, uh, I played semi-pro over there on a team, and uh, grew up through the ranks playing soccer. You know, coaching myself through it, getting help through coaches, and you know, so that was that was really my my high school days. I was very focused on sports. I started working when I was really young, though. I started working at twelve. You know, we come from humble beginnings. My dad, and my mom did everything they could. You know, but again, we didn't, we don't come from we don't come from money or anything like that. So I started working at an early age. I mean, at 12 years old, I was already working at a, I used to work at a bus. So I was a, I was a bus helper um, over there. They have the buses that run routes. And I was the helper that used to help people get on the bus. Or I was the guy that was yelling. I don't know if you've ever been in a foreign country. You hear those guys that are hanging off the bus on the side and they're just yelling. And people usually, they're asking them where they're going. And if your bus route is not going there, you keep going. You, don't, you make sure the bus doesn't stop because you have to punch in. Uh, at a location, and that's how they track the buses and the, the routes to make sure that they don't interfere with another bus's time. So that that's kind of how it all started, man. I started there. Uh, I used to hate whenever I saw the old lady that had a thousand bags of groceries because I knew that she was going to take forever to get her on the bus, but I did it, you know. Uh, and then after there, you know, I started, I, you know, I became a little bit older. I was able to get a job at a restaurant. I was there as a, I started as a dishwasher. Then I worked my, I was a, you know, busser, then became a server. Um, and, you know, did, did a little bit of all types of jobs, worked at car washes, you know, just anything I could to help out, you know, my family. And eventually I came out here to the States, you know, 
uh, looking for better opportunities. You know, never once thought about going to college. College, you would have asked me when I was, you know, 14, 15 about college. I would have, I would have said, what's college? I didn't even know what that was, you know, and I came to, I remember I, I came to North Carolina for about six months uh, to live with my sister. My sister lost her job and she pretty much said, hey, I don't have a place for you to stay. So I had to come back to, to Arizona and uh, stay with a, with, a distant, with a distant family member that I didn't really know. I just kind of called them up and said, hey, I need, to, I, need to, I need a couple of days to get back on my feet and be able to get going again. And they said, sure, go ahead and stay on the, on the couch and... and I started working on the on the field, actually picking up con, and then I picked up potatoes uh, on the fields. And then eventually, I remember one day I, I I picked the bus to go into the main city. I was going to go get some groceries, and I saw a sign on an In and Out, and it said now hiring for like eleven fifty, I think at the time. And at the time, like the minimum wage here was I don't know, like six fifty or something like that. I was like eleven dollars. That's like five dollars over minimum wage. I was like, that's great. So I went to the In and Out. I remember asked for the job, and the guy was like, hey, um. Yeah, I'd love to employ you, but you're underage. I can't give you a job unless you have a school permit. I was like, what, a school permit? I was not even going to school or anything. And um, I was like, okay, cool. Well, let me go get the school permit that you talk about. So I went and enrolled myself in school, in high school, back here. Because over there in Honduras, you only do to 11th grade. You don't do no 12th grade. So I, didn't, I technically didn't finish, if you would. Um, so I enrolled myself in school here for the 12th grade. Um, I had all my credits already, so it's funny. All I did was being a t- be, become a teacher, say, just so I could get my permit, so I could work it in and out for a little bit and, and make a little bit more money. And um, and it's funny because the the principal came to me, you know, he said, "Hey, man, like I, you have all your credits, you're good to go. Like I don't I don't know what we're really gonna do with you." He's like, "If you become a TA, we'll start paying for your college class." I was like, "Hey, man, I'm not really interested in this college thing, you know. Like it's not really for me. I'm just here f- to work, and then I'm go back to where I'm from and." He's like, look, son, I picked the opportunity. So I started, you know, I became a teacher's aide. And then um, I used to go to, to a little community college here uh, after school to, to advance in my classes. And I started playing sports. And I've always been big on sports. You know, like, like I said, I played semi-pro soccer in Honduras. So um, the only reason why I didn't play pro soccer is because I left to come over here. But I was already en route to it. And, you know, I, <laughs> it's funny. I that opened so many doors for me that opened college for me soccer did for me and i'm forever thankful and what i mean by that is you know i started playing soccer we went to we i think we we went to quarterfinals here in arizona with the team and it was like a it was like a brand new team we never played together it was just a first year thing and i remember one of the coaches saw me invited me to like an ncaa showcase game um, and there they had the U of A scout, the ASU scout, GCU, and I think it was California Redlands, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken. And they all offered me scholarships to go play ball. And you know, after the game, I remember they all came up to me, and finally the U of A guy convinced me, like, "Hey, son, come on, let's go to school. I will pay for your school room and board, and we'll help you out with, you know, with scholarships. You have good grades. You know, this will all help you out. And you know, I'm glad I took the opportunity. And then. You know, then I was in college and that's how I ended up getting my engineering degree. It was all kind of by by luck, if you would, or by, I don't know, by hard work, you could call it too. It's all depends on who you ask. Yeah. So we, you mentioned already, you kind of didn't see yourself going to college, you know, in high school and under us, so you weren't thinking, you know, I'm going to be in Arizona working as a college educated engineer for a multi-billion dollar construction company. That wasn't your plan. 
No, my plan was to play soccer, man. <laughs> yeah, that's such an incredible story. It's very inspirational. And I mean, we I work with international students all the time. And, you know, they a lot of times have questions about how do you find opportunities? You know, how do you break in? How does, you know, they're made it, having a, under dreamer status or, you know, DACA status and different things like that, that they try to figure out how do I create a career and create a life here? But it's a whole other set of challenges. So what kept you motivated or drove you to try to achieve some of that stuff? Or did you know you were separating yourself from your peers or doing things that were going to pay off later? You know, I got I got a little quote that I that I picked up, you know, a couple of years ago and, and I live by that. And and I have it hanging in my office at work and, you know, guys come in and they see it every day. And then it's funny. This is a start. It's a conversation starter, if you would. And it kind of goes, you know, God doesn't give the hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. Uh, he creates the toughest soldiers through life's hardest battles. And I truly believe that, right, is, you know, you're not, nobody, nobody that's successful in life ever, or, you know, you might have a couple, but I think the guys, most of the guys that are successful, they don't wake up and think they're already, they're going to be successful. I think, I think they just work through it and they work for it and they work for it, you know, and eventually they get to the point that, you know, they, it starts by believing in yourself, right? You always got to be the first person to believe in yourself because nobody else will, right? Um, and if you believe in yourself and you believe it's achievable, hey, man, like from there and you have, you have hard work, you will be fine. So I think, you know, I, you know, I worked hard at the beginning and it was not because I thought I was going to be successful because I thought I was going to be an engineer. At the time, it was just out of necessity. I really wanted to help on my family. I was coming out, you know, like I said, we come from humble beginnings. I really wanted to do whatever it took to help out my family. And, and that turned into, into something good where, you know, one thing led to another, which led to another. And eventually it's led me to where I'm at right now. And, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. And, you know, I, I know there's more to come and, you know, God permit, we'll be here to enjoy it. I think you're a lot like most college students that we're working with that maybe don't know what careers are out there. You're like, I'm just going to work hard and I will hopefully find something that I'm passionate about, but I don't even know what companies exist, what the economy looks like. I just have no idea. And now you've got, you get this pretty cool stuff. I mean, your company's building billions of dollars of construction. You're building hotels and hospitals and road systems and uh, one of the largest contractors in the country, correct? Yeah. So, you know, you, you had no idea at that point that like, oh, there's a job called engineer where I help build a $50 million hospital, or maybe the projects are bigger than that. So Talk a little bit about what you do, what your career is like. And, uh, you know, it sounds like from talking to you earlier, you love it. So what do you love about it? You know, it's funny, like, like I, like I mentioned that before, you know, I, I, you're hundred percent hit on the nail, right? Like I was, I was college student, first generation college student, didn't know much, right? My, my parents didn't go to college. Uh, mom didn't go to college. Dad didn't go to college. I'm the first one in the whole family to go to college. And um, I didn't really know much about what I wanted to do at, at the time, actually, I started college thinking I wanted to be a chemical engineer. And by my thing, by my sophomore year, I, I almost blew up a lab and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. Uh, <laughs> so I quit, you know, I was like, ah, chemical engineer is not for me. It's sticking myself in the lab, but I, I, I liked engineering. And then I picked up, you know, I ended up graduating with an industrial engineering degree. And that, that, you know, leads a little bit more into optimization and stuff like that. But somehow, you know, one way or another, kind of like how my life has been, I fell into construction and at the time, you know, like when I was still in college, it was the best paying job that was out there to help me make ends meet really. Right. I was, you know, so a young college student struggling, uh, trying to make ends meet. And there was the 
it was what was paying me the best at the time. And I just took it as a job, not really knowing that that was going to lead me to what I love now, right? Which is which is this in construction. And like I've said before too, like a lot of people, you know, fall into construction or don't want to fall into it because they feel like that's where the rejects go or that's where that's uh that's the low ballers there or, or whatever it is. And and it really is not, man. It's some of the smartest people you will ever meet work in construction, man. It's 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 amazing. Uh what I do now, right? It's this I'm a project engineer there at Santa. I actually just came off uh, the biggest project we have here in Arizona, actually the biggest project in Arizona general, uh, big chip semiconductor plant here going on. It's, you know, project in the billions of dollars. So, you know, it, and being able to come from being this, you know, humble village kid to now being part of this, this project that, you know, requires all types of different people from all types of different backgrounds and all types of different ages, right. And being able to work alongside with them and keep up at the same pace as they are that, you know, that that's what really motivates me. And just learning so much every day, like literally every day is, is a learning opportunity for me. Right. I, I don't take it for granted. you got the guys that have been doing this for 60 years that are about to retire. And they're just like a book of knowledge, man. It's just like, they know so much information and you try to, squeeze that information out of them to try to get it, you know, to, to keep it for yourself. And then you go meet, you think that guy's the smartest guy. And you go meet another guy and you're like, geez, this guy blows that guy to dust. Like that guy is dumb compared to this guy. Right. And, and you, you just keep going. Right. And like, it's, like I said, it, it's been, it's been really exciting. I love it. Um, like any job, right. It has his great days. He has his bad days. Don't get me wrong. It's not all you know, fluffy bunnies and rainbows there. It, it, it is hard work. It is long days. It is stressful. There's a lot that goes into it, but I enjoy it. I think it's, it's been fun. Awesome. So what are some things maybe a college student doesn't know about your job? Like what's different about it than the engineering classes you took in college? Everything. <laughs> so it's fun. like I said, I studied industrial engineering, um, knowing, I guess if, if I was to tell myself, like, you know, if I, I guess if I was four years younger and I could go back and tell myself something. I'd be like, hey, go study civil engineering instead or do construction management is way easier. You don't have to kill yourself as much um, for that engineering degree. But, you know, it's, it's nothing like it was in college. I studied industrial engineering, which focuses in process optimization, all this stuff. I mean, when I got to construction, like I said, I started as a labor uh, bags on. Um, I could actually shoot you a couple of those pictures where I'm with bags on, full of mud, and just working on top of decks, 110 degree weather. There's nothing, there's nothing inspiring about that. If I was to tell you anything, right? It's just hard labor work. Uh, but you know that that made me progress and 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 change and 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 learn more things to the point when I became a field engineer, right? You know, it, it becomes a little overwhelming at the beginning, I, and I see it. I you know I re I remember me thinking that. Um, and I'm a little bit hard-headed, you know, whenever I'm like, whenever I start feeling a little overwhelmed, I'm just like, I'm just like, come on, pony up, you'll be all right, like, stop crying about it, like, if if you're not as smart as the rest of the guys are, it will be all right, just work harder, spend a couple extra nights looking at plans, start reviewing stuff, like, you know, like, just stop complaining, stop making yourself a victim about it, that you're not as smart as the rest of them, or that you didn't get as good of an education, just, just show up, man, just show up and work hard for it, and you'll be fine, because I mean, like I said, when I started, um, it was, like I said, a little overwhelming. There was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of information that gets flown by. And you're talking about, you know, it's not it's not college or college, you know, differential equations or whatever, which, you know, if you talk, talk to any engineering student, they're like, oh, man, this is so hard. Well, yeah, I get it. But 
uh, when you get on when you get out to the real world, and if you want to do this kind of stuff, you're not really worrying about the areas underneath an integral or any any of that kind of stuff. You're more worried about hey, that that wall that we that we're about to place. Did I check if the blockouts are in the right location? Did I leave the penetrations in the right location? Are the are the electrical boxes in the right area? Are the pipes running right where we said they were going to run? Did I forget that the pipes need to have a slope? Like that's that's those QC checks that you're doing, and an error could cost you know thousands of dollars easily. So as far as preparation, I mean the biggest thing that they can do, and and here's the thing, you know, I think all general contractors should talk about all the big ones, right? Um, at least here in Arizona, you talk about, you know, the Bakers, McCarthy, DPR, Sun, Kiewit, all those guys, right? They all know that field engineers come from college and they come green, right? They don't come with, a lot of them don't come with all the knowledge they need. And that's fine. They, you don't need to have all the knowledge, man. You really don't. As long as you show up, you have a positive attitude and you want to learn, you get far. That's all, that's all you really need, man. And, and the opportunities are there. Construction is growing like crazy. It's one of our highest growing fields right now. You know, a lot of people worry about recession and all this stuff. And, you know, it's funny, we were talking with a couple of colleagues earlier and it's, you know, recession might hit, but we even believe that a lot of the jobs are like, especially under under DLT contract, they won't be affected. So if, if you want to have job security, uh, you want to make good money and you, you want to learn, it might be a field for you, right? Um, like I said, there's there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours, but you might like it. And I, just like I did. It sounds like a lot more problem solving, teamwork, discipline, organization, execution stuff than just classroom. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, classroom is all in a controls. You know, the, the my biggest, I guess, correlation would be classroom is all in a controlled environment in a perfect world. Out there on the field is the furthest thing away from a perfect world, you know, and it's <laughs> it's just totally black and white. Yeah, the you know, there's moving parts. Somebody didn't show up today. A piece of equipment broke. The cost of a material rose all of a sudden. Yeah. Or the supplier ran out of the supply. We need to find a new supplier. That that's the stuff you got to deal with in the real world. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Plus, you know, whatever you embrace that wall, right? It it moved a half inch. So now the top of your I don't know. It doesn't meet the top of your deck or your walls out of plumb. Now you're talking about either tearing it down, which is costing thousands of dollars or how can we fix it to keep it to keep the wall in place right so that's the kind of stuff that you deal with are you enjoying the show thus far we go through so many resources and links with this podcast it's tough to keep up i get it that's why matt and the rest of the team put together the edge of excellence bundle in it you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com slash podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com slash podcast. Now, back to the show. So when did you feel like I'm getting to where I want to go? I'm on that cusp of the edge of excellence. 
I'm really achieving the career success I want to have. When did that start? So I guess I'll backtrack that even a little bit. So, you know, I, I was still in college and I was, I was already working for something. I was a, I was a laborer. And um, actually, no, I had been promoted to, I think, to foreman already. And I was a foreman running my own crew, a small crew, nothing big. Um, young foreman, very young guy running a crew. And, and um, I started really liking it. I was like, man, this is awesome. And it was not so much a money thing. It was not so much a position thing. It was just what the feeling that it brought. And I started really enjoying it. And then eventually, you know, then we had some issues in the company, right? Uh, COVID hit. And a lot of companies took that hit hard, right? And I, I was, I was just graduating. I was about to graduate. Start, start my job as a field engineer. And a lot of companies put a freeze in hiring. So, I went ahead and moved to to Amazon during that time, and went and did exactly pretty much what my degree called for. I was, I was, a, I was an area manager uh, running inbound. So I used to run about three hundred people at uh, in at the Amazon warehouse, and. Um, I used to run the whole process of when the of when product gets gets delivered to the facility. And I was in one of the newest facilities, the ones that have the robots that come in and wave through the floor and do all that kind of cool stuff and you put them in there. And it's like, I mean, if you're an engineer, uh, if you're a true hard engineer, you you like geek over this kind of stuff, man. Cause that's what like you talk about in engineering classes all the time, right? It's like top of the line engineering, you're talking about um, belts going and talking about how to optimize a process from getting a package from point X to point B within minutes. And that's like, I, I think it was top of the line engineering for me, but I wasn't happy, you know, and I was making good money, but I wasn't happy. And it was not, you know, I was like, cool. And, and I developed a couple of processes on how to, how to shorten belts. And, you know, I was the youngest uh, area manager. Then I, then I got promoted to senior area manager. I was the youngest senior manager in the in the in pretty much all the southwest region i was just second to in the whole u.s at the time and uh it was cool and you know they liked me but i just like i said i wasn't happy and then eventually COVID stopped and sun reached out to me as soon as they had a chance and they were like hey we really want you back man come on out and, and you know they made me a pretty good offer i came out again and I think that's where, leading back to your original question, I think that's where the excellence started again, because that's where my passion fell again. And I started, you know, again, as a field engineer, then got promoted to, you know, senior field engineer, then project engineer. Um, and, you know, it was just like, it was like this growing process and, and just the recognition that I kept getting from peers and from other people. And sometimes outside of the company, man, it was like, you know, uh, hearing I will always hear good things, which got me excited for, you know, for what I was doing. You always hear that I was doing a good job, that I was really hitting tasks that like the way they wanted um, and really helping the company. That's I think that's where my excellence really started, man. You've done so much, man. And we skipped over a big part of your career development too. a couple big parts. We'll talk about your college works experience, but you, you ran a business or helped run a business back in Honduras too, right? Yeah, I still got my business. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess we didn't talk much about it, right? I kind of just said that we ha I had one. But, uh, you know, when I when I first came to the States, I started working in, um, in, in like I said, in the, in the potato fields. And when, when I was making my money, pretty much everything that I was making, I was sending back home. We had a lot back home in the center of the city. The city hadn't really boomed at the time back home. And started sending money and started you know uh we wanted to build this this first it was an indoor soccer field that's all we wanted to do 
And eventually we got enough money. Uh, we built an indoor soccer field. The time there wasn't really much in the center of the city. And we built it. It was a great success. We were making really good money back home. And then after that, uh, you know, more soccer fields started opening, more competitors. So we started figuring out other things to, to, to deviate. So then uh, we opened up a gym in the same complex. Then we rented, a, I, I picked up a couple of buildings with a little bit of knowledge that I gained from, from working in construction. You know, when I was still barely starting, I designed some things and uh, in in sketched it in paper, I remember, and uh, pencil paper. It looked like kind of cartoons. It was kind of funny when, when I sent it out and I was like, here, this is what we're going to do. And this is, this is how we're going to put the supports. And eventually, you know, we made this, uh, this business uh, back home, which is now, we've been in business now for, let me see here, I think going on nine years now. We're, we're known as one of the like one of the oldest fields there. Uh, and luckily enough, then now the, the city expanded, right? And they they just built the mall right next to where my soccer field is at. So the value of everything just rose and that brought a lot of more foot traffic in. Uh, so it's, it's been good uh, as far as the business, man. That's incredible. And all this stuff, tell the audience, how old are you right now, Orlando? <laughs> yeah, I'm 25 years old right now. Incredible, man. I mean, just to have the to live the life you've lived, you lived a pretty full life for such a young guy. And we met back when I was taking over the Arizona Division of College Works. And I remember at the time thinking, um, Orlando's been with the company for a couple of years, at least a few. And I feel like I, every trip I've been on, I've seen him. I've, I loved hanging out with him. Like he's a great guy. Um, and he's one of our old grizzled veterans. And you know, realize like you were like 21 at the time. You'd started with the company when you were maybe 18, 19 years old. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I started at, at College Works my, my freshman year of college, you know, for the most part, I mean, my whole time that I was doing College Works, I also had usually, you know, I can't remember, I think until recently now, right, for the most part, I've always had two to three jobs, man, and when I was doing College Works, it was the same thing, I had two to three jobs, you know, I picked it up when I was a freshman, I think I was still, I think at the time I was working at a, a little fast food uh, Mexican place, uh, Flipping tacos and tortillas. I used to, I used to make my roommates used to make fun of me uh, when I was a freshman, right? Because um, they're like, uh, <laughs> it's funny, right? Um, during the week, uh, in the during the day, it was like uh, I'm Orlando. I flip tacos and burritos, right? And at night, I'm I'm Orlando, and I, I close deals on painting houses. Uh, so <laughs> it was like it was like this dual personality that I was living, right? And on the on the weekends too, uh, closing deals and and stuff like that. So now, I mean, Caltrics was. It was, you know, it's funny. It was this, it was an amazing experience for me, honestly. Um, I learned so much, man. Like I said, I was a young kid, you know, and not a lot of people wanted to take bets on me, especially if, I mean, if you're a freshman in college, it's hard to get an internship or anything like that. Not a lot of people want to take, a, like I said, a bet on me and and college groups did. And I was always thankful for that. Uh, they opened they opened a whole other world for me that I had never seen before. I was, you know, I was a little bit more on the shy side. Um, didn't really know anything about a business. Like I had been working to create my business back home, but I was just saving money and doing what I thought was right. And a lot of the things that I learned at college groups, I was already doing, not knowing that they were, that was kind of the way to do stuff. Um, and then it also helped me learn a lot of stuff that, you know, helped me grow my business back home too. But no, I mean, it, it's funny. I, I, I even remember being in, being a, a freshman and telling, 
telling one of my roommates, I was like, hey, man, uh, yeah, I got an internship lined up. I was like, I think that I could hook you up, too, if you want it. He was like, oh, what's the internship? And then I told him, right, I was like, it's Patrick's painting. He looked it up online, I remember, and he was like, he said, hey, man, like, don't do that internship, man. It's, it's not going to be good for you. There's a lot of bad reviews online and all this kind of stuff. And and I was like, oh, really? I was like, and I don't know what. Like, I've always lived on hunches, too, right? And what my gut tells me, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm still going to do it, man. I don't really care what you say. I was like, if it doesn't work out, you know, at least I'll learn something. Or if, it, I, you know, I work another job, well, it will be fine. And he said, Orlando, I'm telling you, man, from a friend, don't do it. And I was like, all right, well, we'll see. You know, fast forward that story. That summer, he was working for me as a painter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we always laugh about it, right? Like I was like, I was like, hey, I thought you told me not to do this thing, man. And he's like, No, you were right. This this is a pretty sweet deal that you got going on. And and he was actually my uh, my my lead painter. He was my kind of my foreman, if you would, right? And he made great money that summer. We um, you know, we we did we did good. It was fun. Awesome. So, how did those skills you learned? running a painting business in college translate to what you're doing now? You know, you think running a business and doing engineering are very different, but, you know, it's not, you know, yes, I deal with a lot of the technical stuff now um, with, uh, I deal with mainly structural concrete, right? So figuring out where walls go, columns, all that kind of stuff. But as you start progressing in your roles, right, you always need that business backing, right? Because you, I deal on a daily still with suppliers, with vendors, with uh, with clients even, right? and and being able to have those soft skills, right? That everybody always talks about having soft skills um, to deal with with all these characters and this persuasive manner, if you would, right? To be able to sway things the way you you want them to go, or at least the path that you wanna that you wanna follow, it, it's helped me a lot, man. And the nice thing about the construction business is that it's it's so small, and it's it's the good thing and also the bad thing, right? It's so small that everybody knows each other. So the guy that you deal with now, you're probably going to deal with him in two to three years, if not on the next job and on the next one. So you have two options: either you like the guy and you start working with them, or you don't and you figure out what other supplier there is. But the business is so small that you're probably going to have to work with them no matter what. So you know, you 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 develop a lot of the skills to start learning how to work with people. Very cool. So what advice? would you have to 20 year old you if you could go back and give yourself that advice or maybe to the 20 year old who's listening to this saying man i've got a lot of similarities to orlando uh or he's somebody i i want to emulate what advice do you have i mean like i said I'm, I'm still young in my career too sean you know i'm still learning a lot um and you know i don't think you stop learning i think the biggest thing is is one you know look up but keep your feet on the ground right and that's that's what I believe, and it's very easy when you're doing well, when you're achieving success. However, however you decide to denote that or designate what success is, right? Maybe that's a numbers thing, maybe that's a, a recognition thing, maybe that's a work-life balancing. However, everybody decides to to denote what that is um, is, like I said, keep your feet on the ground, but your chin up, right, or your or your head looking up to the sky. Is always look for the next big thing. Always try to be better, but always stay humble. Remember where you come from, right? Uh, remember that the person you're talking to right there is also a person. Treat them as equal, right? Uh, don't think you're better or that you're worse. And if you do those things, man, and you work hard, trust me, you will be fine. You'll get to wherever you have to, you have, you want to go, right? I don't consider myself a smart guy. I don't consider myself the smartest guy in the world. Um, but, you know, I, I've always known that a lot of times, you know, I've been stacked against odds. Um that you know most people didn't didn't think I was going to do good. I mean, a lot of people back in my hometown 
I uh, didn't think I was going to do good. A lot of people, when I went to school here in, in, in college or college and school here in Arizona, they didn't think I was going to do good. And um, so far, it's, it's, it's been good, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy what I'm doing. I want to keep doing good. So don't let other people tell you what you can and can't do. Is And there's there's going to be other people that are more talented. Sure, there, there always is. But, you know, if you work hard, if you're smart about it, you, you can always help beat that. All right. So that advice to that 20 year old that is also not just a young person in college trying to become a successful engineer, but the person is trying to overcome being an immigrant. Uh, maybe they don't have a parent who's a legacy at their university that just gets them in and gets them in the best fraternity or opens up those doors. And maybe they perceive or maybe they really also have huge obstacles in their way. Uh, what advice do you have for those people? I think I'll respond to that with with a with another quote, right, that I somebody told me a while ago, and it's also another one. So I have my, you know, the, the one quote I told you before posted on one side of my office, the other, the other one we have, the other one. With, and it kind of goes, you know, hard time creates strong men, strong men creates good times, and good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times, and the cycle starts all over again. So if you think you're at the bottom of the barrel, you actually have an advantage because you're at the bottom of the barrel. There is, it's fine. You only have one way and it's up, right? The guy that, but you're going to tell me, well, but Sean has all these connections and he knows all these people and his dad is, I don't know, uh, he's the EVP at, I don't know, Raytheon or whatever. If you're an engineering student, you probably want to work at Raytheon or, I don't know, Boeing or Honeywell or one of those guys, right? Hey, that's fine. Um, usually, like I said, just follow up, right? Um, followed by that quote and i live by that right like i didn't have i didn't have daddy that was there to pull uh that was i don't know a big guy somewhere i, I was a nobody i came into college works as a nobody i worked my, my up, myself up right um i came into something as a nobody i work i keep working myself up right and through your hard work people will recognize you if that's what you want to go and if you want to keep growing that's where you will get. Some people are happy with just where they're at, and there's no problem with that, right? Some people are looking for that work-life balance. Some people are working, looking for other things. Focus on what matters to you. Fantastic advice, man. I loved having you on the show today. I really appreciate your joining us and telling us about it. And I can't wait to do a follow-up. I, I want to see what you accomplished in the next five to 10 years, because it's unbelievable what you've accomplished in the last 10 years. Hard to believe that 10 years ago, you were probably... Um, had no idea what was about to come. And you've started a business, you've run a painting company for a few years, you've been an engineer, you've been an industrial engineer at a Fortune 500 company and a project engineer at one of the largest companies and own a business. I mean, just incredible, cool stuff, man. So congrats for all the success you're having. Um, you're definitely on the edge of excellence and uh, can't wait to see what you accomplish in the future. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.